What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Amber Jones, and we are back for our final episode this season, y'all. Mama, we made it. Hey. <laughs> y'all, it has been such a journey through this first season of the revival, and I just want to thank all of the listeners for uh, stepping out on faith with me as uh, I launched this endeavor. And I'm just so grateful for all the encouragement this season. I want to give a shout out to Destin Land, my guest last episode. And it was just, I've gotten such amazing feedback from that episode. So shout out to you, brother. Uh, make sure y'all are listening to Rethinking Manhood uh, podcast at Rethinking Manhood on Instagram for all of the details. So y'all, it has been such a a week of revelation um, with this Holy Week fast. I want to say thank you to everyone who has been supporting this fast. Um, God really hit me hard with this uh, idea and I was like, all right, God, let's run with it. Um, Didn't have much time to prepare, but God showed up anyway. And he has been so incredibly faithful um, to sustain us, to restore us, to give us revelation I've had so many conversations with people this week about how he has really showed up to really remind us about Jesus and his life and his example through this week and just all other ways that people have been blessed. And so I know personally, this week has really been clarifying my mission and purpose. And I really want to talk a little bit about reflections on the resurrection in particular this week. Jesus was a man who was faithful to his mission and purpose to the very end. And that has really been showing up in how I'm thinking about how to be clear and faithful to my mission and purpose. And he remained clear because of his continuous retreating to be in his father's presence, his continuous communication, reliance, dependence, and trust on the father. And so I really hope through this fast, you have been learning how fasting and prayer and really being able to build a to build a routine of being in solitude to be with your father can really help you navigate major life decisions can help you remain clear on your purpose to remain in alignment with what God has for you and to remain obedient we must remain Um, committed to the same types of practices that Jesus embodied if we will be faithful leaders of our calling. So thank you all for leaning in with me this week on this fast. So today I want to talk about what happens after the resurrection. And so I have a few uh, meditations and reflections about the resurrection as we're coming out of Holy Week. And I feel like the resurrection, where the resurrection starts <laughs> or stops, that's when we are supposed to tap in and that's when the work really begins, right? A lot of times when we are celebrating Holy Week and Easter Sunday, we spend so much energy into preparing for that, going into Sunday, celebrating that he is risen, and then we just kind of go back to our lives. And what we don't realize is that that's actually where the birth of Christianity starts to begin, that there are some really key moments after the resurrection um, that really start to give us as believers our mandate in this earth to be Christ followers and to advance his kingdom. 
And so now that Jesus has fulfilled his mission, he fulfilled it on the cross. He fulfilled it when he resurrected. We now have our own mission to fulfill. So I'm going to provide a scripture that grounds us in this uh, reflection. And it's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It reads, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus shared this command, it's often titled or called the Great Commission. This was the great collective mission that he has now given his disciples and he has also given us to go forth and make more disciples, right? And what's so incredibly important in this is that it calls us to one, know the gospel and understand it and to see how the gospel has made room for life and liberty and liberation and freedom in Christ Jesus. Now that he has died and resurrected he has made a way for us to access eternal life right everybody's got to know about that he wants all people and all nations to know of this gospel so that we will not have to suffer the wages of sin which is death romans 6 and 23 for the wages of sin is death but now we can access eternal life and so as believers, we are called, number one, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In addition, we are called to teach the commandments of Jesus. And I think what's really important is that we have to know the commandments of Jesus. We have to know the faith of Jesus Christ at its core in order to be able to do that. And I want to be clear I want to distinguish between the religion of Jesus versus the religion of Christianity that has been perverted, that we see in our political discourses, that we see in our world today that is not emulating Jesus. I want to recommend a book for you all called Jesus and the Disinherited um, by Howard Thurman. This book was really transformational in the ministry of uh, Reverend Dr. King Jr., um, and in the book, he really talks about, he introduces the book talking about a very long discussion that he had, I think, with a Hindu man. Um, and he was basically going at him, like, how could you serve this God? How could you be a Christian? Look at the way that Christianity treats the Negro, because this book was written in the early 20th century. And it caused him to really think about, like, I need to know this Jesus, right? I need to be intimate with the religion of Jesus Christ because I know that is a religion of liberation, of freedom. This is not the religion that enslaves me. It is how man has perverted the religion of Jesus that enslaves me. And what that reminds me is that we have to be intimately uh, knowledgeable with the commandments of Jesus. And so this scripture when it says teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, that's a reminder to me that I need to know what Jesus himself said. And he said to love people as I have loved you, right? He has said to lay my life down for my friends. He has said so many beautiful commandments that speak to serving and giving and lifting up the oppressed and serving the marginalized. 
And then the last piece of the scripture I wanted to lift up is that, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. He has equipped us with his Holy Spirit to complete this work. And this comes completely full circle to episode one. When I talked about the Pentecost, when I talked about what happens in the book of Acts, in particular, the first two chapters, when Jesus ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit then descended on the disciples and by the Holy Spirit, they are now equipped and emboldened to do the work of the Father that was given to them by Jesus, which is to go therefore and make disciples. And after that, that's when we see um, the Apostle Peter deliver the first sermon that creates the church of Jesus Christ. And there we see thousands of people, what? Baptized in the Father, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. After he is what? Taught them the commands of Jesus Christ. And so this scripture, these passages from, I would say, the ends of the Gospels, we can start from Matthew 28, 19. And then we can pick up with the first two chapters of Acts 1 and 2. These are some really critical moments that create the church of Jesus Christ. And what we see is now we see God, we see Jesus fulfilling his mission. We see his people, his disciples taking upon their own mission. And so when we step out of the resurrection, we need to be really critical in thinking about, okay, now that God fulfilled his purpose and mission, now that Jesus fulfilled his purpose and mission, how do I now step in? How do I now carry forth this gospel? How does this gospel inspire justice, freedom, liberation, right? Um, how does this gospel save, transform, heal? How do I do that work? How do I make sure I know the teachings of Jesus so then I can teach others? And I can also embody that in my own life and emulate Christ. And how can I be encouraged by the Holy Spirit being able to rest within me, empowering me, equipping me, and making sure that Jesus is close to me because he said, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Another reflection I want to share in this final episode on the resurrection is how the resurrection gives us freedom to dream. What I love about the resurrection is that through eternal life, God has made all things possible for us. We see in the scriptures a vision for a new heaven, a new earth in the end of the book of Revelation. And that really gives us a framework of what we can strive for. And so I believe that the church is particularly equipped to carry for a radical vision of life and liberation. How can we do that? I really want us to think about how can the church better carry forward that vision? Have we challenged ourselves? Have we dared ourselves to dream enough in this day and age? I love this particular mindset, this framework of freedom dreams in particular, 
One of the fa my favorite books that I have read in my studies is called Freedom Dreams, The Black Radical Imagination by Robin D.G. Kelly, who's a historian. And through that book, uh, we can look at the expansive work of how prophetic imagination has manifested in the various social and political movements in our country's history, particularly when it comes to uh, Black liberation. And at the heart of that book that has rang clear to me for the majority of my career is that justice requires radical prophetic imagination. And I want to call us back earlier into the season when we talked with Mr. Janae Bates, and that was such a core theme of our conversation, that we have the ability through this faith to present a prophetic vision for the future. Our dreams are not always wild and whimsical. They are also very much attainable. And as we take our imagination into our movements for justice, let us become even more explicit as people of faith about what we aspire to see in our communities, in our cities, our states, our nations, and across the world. It's attainable for everyone to have a living wage, to free quality education, to clean water and fresh food, to clean and unpolluted air, to stable and dignified housing, to safe and communally strong communities, and so much more. It is attainable for us not to just survive, but to thrive, to live life and life more abundantly, as the scriptures say. We must not let up on radically imagining a just and faithful world. We must not let up on it because through the resurrection, our God has already provided a vision for it and it shall come to pass. So now as believers in the faith, we have to make sure that our missions are aligning with that vision that God has laid out for us in the scriptures. We must be bold in our dreaming. We must not just focus on how do we fight the systems of injustice, but that we are also presenting a new vision that people can aspire to, that people can see themselves in, that people can dream in. If there's anything these systems of oppression have done, it has cut off our ability to dream and aspire. But God is saying through the gospel, no, you have the ability to dream now. You have the ability to live life more abundantly. And I am calling on my children, on my believers, on my servants to move forward that vision with prophetic imagination and with joy. Let's embrace joy. That is the second fruit of the spirit that is laid out in the book of Galatians. It says love and then joy. Let us do that with love and joy.
So as we've been talking about Jesus, the resurrection, his purpose and mission, how that aligns with us and our freedom to dream as well. I want to provide some reflections on how can you discover and execute your own mission. First and foremost, I think it is incredibly important to incorporate a practice of prayer, of fasting, and retreating from the world to be in the presence of the Father. He loves to speak with undivided attention from you. And we see so many examples throughout the Bible of what happens when he pulls his children away to be able to be 100% in his presence and how he pours out vision from how Moses uh, met him in the burning bush and how he went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. Um, all the examples we see of Jesus Christ. There are so many examples in the scriptures that shows us that being okay with solitude and really just bathing yourself in the presence of God um, really benefits how we discover and execute our mission. And so I wanna encourage you, even if you did not participate in the fast that we did for Holy Week, all of the devotionals are on our Instagram page at the Revival TC Pod. That's the Revival TC Pod, and you can go on your own time. You can do the seven days on your own. We also have provided um, guidance on fasting and some ideas on what type of fasting you may want to try. Um, I just encourage you if you do not, if you did not participate in the fast with us during Holy Week, still do a fast on your own and really pray and seek the Lord and what that should look like and what you should be um, expecting God to speak to you about. And so I really, really, really want to encourage that this fast has really ignited, reignited a fire in me to talk about how important that practice is in our spiritual growth and development. And then I also want to share a couple of questions that you can pray and meditate on that I actually received from a mentor of mine, Dr. Ebony Bell of the How She Does It Network. You can look her up at the creative dreamer underscore on uh, Instagram and then also at the How She Does It Network at How She Does It Network on Instagram. Shout out to her. We did these questions um, during Holy Week as part of morning devotionals. Um, and we do a lot of great work in the How She Does It Network, um, where it really supports women in business and career to make sure that everything in their lives is in alignment with God and what um, he has for them, whether it's career, business, family, um, self-care, and just lifestyle. And so as we have been going through quarter two and praying and receiving vision from the Lord, um, here were a couple of questions that she shared that she asked us to meditate and reflect and journal on. The first question is, what do you love and what is your passion? So really focus on what are the things that really start your spirit, the things that excite you, even things that make you upset that you want to change. The second question is, what are you good at and what are your gifts? So what are the things that you know you can do naturally? You know it comes easy to you or you love to build those skills um, upon those as well. What are the gifts that you have seen that guys giving you? And three, and I think this is really what's important here. What does the world need the most? So as you see injustices in your community, across the world, in your backyard, what do you need to see? 
what do you see the world needs the most? What type of leadership needs to be in those spaces? What type of new programs? What type of new organizations or businesses? Um, what type of community gathering needs to happen? What does the world need most? And so at those three questions, as you answer those questions, I promise you, if you're seeking the Lord in prayer, if you are fasting, if you are really spending time in the presence of the Lord and his word, and you are taking time to pray and reflect on those questions, I promise you that God will be faithful to reveal how these three answers come together into a beautiful intersection signifying your purpose and your mission. And it may not happen in a week, but you may get a spark in your weekly fast that will cause you to continue on this journey. I'll tell you now, it wasn't in this seven days that I discovered my purpose and my mission. It has been happening for several years, but I have gotten new clarity and new revelation over this past week that has called me into a deeper alignment with God and what he has for me and my calling. And so I really want to make sure I'm giving you all action steps. This is work that you could be doing after um, this season has concluded and as we prepare for season two to really get clear, to really get clear, because I want to see some bold leaders. I want to see some faith filled leaders for God out here doing some great and amazing work. And so let's do that work together. close today, I just want to express my deep, utter gratitude to everybody. Thank you so much for an amazing and anointed first season of The Revival. You know, I really set out on this journey with just tremendous faith in God and no idea how it would turn out. Just had so much vision for what he could do to advance a Christ-centered, Black-led, and progressive movement for justice. Um, and I've just been blessed to see how the fruit has been coming out from left and from right. And it's just been a blessing to see that God has a plan and that it is touching lives. I don't take it lightly to be um, a steward of his gospel. And I don't take it lightly to be a leader in my community. Um, it's something that is very core to my ethics and my integrity. And so I just want to say thank you all for trusting me as a leader in this space, trusting my voice. Um, trusting the word that God has given me. And so I also want to thank all the guests that have come on to the podcast in season one, starting off with Pierre, Mr. Numa Pierre, aka Ninja for Jesus. Go check out his new um, album called Eternal. Um, thank you so much to Minister Janae Bates, just a sister in the spirit and just doing amazing work in our community. And thank you to my brother, Destin Land. And once again, check out his podcast, Rethinking Manhood. I just want to let y'all know, next season is already shaping up to be amazing. Like, I just have so many great ideas that God has been giving me. And without giving too much away, I just want you all to be prepared that we will be diving much deeper into political and civic engagement, how we're centering Black leadership, and how you can be faith-filled in your action in that. We're in the midterm election season. It's going to be a big deal. And so, God. Y'all need to just be prepared for what we about to bring. It's going to be some heat, okay? It's going to be some heat. And then I also have some other amazing ideas to bring some more leaders onto the podcast and just to be able to continue to support us in our holistic advancement as a community. 
So pray for us. Uh, we will be going into a season of rest. Um, I am going into a greater season in my uh, work uh, right now. And so we will be resting on the podcast side. But then we will be picking back up to prepare um, and to just receive new vision from God for what is to come. So with all that being said, I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you all. Um, continue to share your insights with me. Continue. If you want to partner, please reach out to me. You are able to reach out via Instagram at the Revival TC Pod. Also via email at the Revival TC at gmail.com for any opportunities to partner. So this is Amber Jones signing off on season one of the Revival Faith, Justice, and Culture for the Now Generation. Peace. The views or opinions expressed by this platform are personal and belong solely to the host and its guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host may or may not be associated with in professional and personal capacities unless explicitly.